0: Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, Mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. Everything is fabulous. Fabulous. Today we are chatting about the 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice with a healthy dose of the 1995 version thrown in there as well. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching?
1: Well, I've been reading... Ellen bought a book and it was on my Kindle. So I started reading it. Yes. And it was my commander. It's from the bewitched and bewildered series by, I'm never going to get this.
0: Elena Alder, I think is how you would say. Okay.
1: And so when I finished my commander, I read my protector and I'm in the middle of reading my healer. Um,
0: They're, they're not great. They're, they're, there's funny stuff. I, I there's so, very funny stuff in it i've read i read my commander i just finished it today um and there's funny there's funny lines and there's funny things that happen um uh, at least in my commander like she was just really annoying to me and a little too like cutesy and people immediately fell in love with her and I'm like why I don't get it um the one I'm reading now there's a precocious child
1: so you know oh, how we well, feel about precocious you know, children does. Um there my problem with and it's not as bad in the first one but in the other ones there's an ongoing story arc where they are being attacked by these ferals it's a it's a paranormal yeah there's vampires and shifters and but um Fae. they they meet their mates and they fall in love right away i mean yeah. it's there's no there's nothing no conflict whatsoever in that they they just know they're men for each yeah. other and they fall in love. Even
0: like if you're human it seems to be yeah pretty instantaneous. Yeah. And um
1: so that's not much of a of a storyline there other than, you know, they have sex a lot. And then um and then towards the end of the story there's something that goes with the story arc. And in between it's just almost like She's just describing, like, their daily routine because there's just not much else going on in the story. They've already fallen in love, and the whole, you know, story arc thing doesn't happen until the last, like, 10% of the books. So, in between that, they eat a lot, and they drink a ton of coffee in these books. And, you know, I'm someone who doesn't really care for coffee, and I'm on a diet. So, none of that really appeals to me right now. So... (laughs) wasn't wasn't working.
0: No, but, I mean...
1: They're fun, and there's like Ellen said, there's funny stuff that happens in 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 them. Yeah, and um, I wanted to get to the third book because my favorite character, the third book was about my favorite guy character. Yeah, so I said I'm going to read through till the third, and then...
0: I probably won't read anymore, but I it, probably
1: am going to drop it. It after was the third one. it was but, a fine enough, and it was a good. We wanted paranormals for because you know tis the season spooky, and um, so that's what we read. Yeah.
0: Um, in terms of watching, we watched the new Mandalorian. We did. Um, we watched a few Murder, She Baked, which is a Hallmark murder movies and mysteries or whatever it's called. Um, we've been watching the BBC Robin Hood series with my grandpa. <laughs> well, we, he came over one day.
1: My dad comes and spends Thursday afternoons with us and watches stuff because I've got all the the streaming channels. Yeah. And He always wants to watch old movies. So we watched, he wanted to watch the old Errol Flynn Robin Hood. So we watched the old Errol Flynn Robin Hood. And um, then he was griping about all the Robin Hoods that have been made since then. And I said, we watched a Robin Hood series that's kind of fun. You might like it. And he has been
0: enjoying it. So there's a lot of cute boys in that. If you are so inclined to check that out. Um, And then we watched our first Hallmark Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um it was like Christmas at the Chateau I think. Um it was pretty it was pretty good. The guy was pretty dishy. Yeah, he was. And you know, nothing that made me want to I mean, it had all the like Hallmark of a Hallmark movie. They made cookies. They had a snowball <laughs> fight, they built a snowman. Yeah, there was a montage of them doing all these things. <laughs> and it was yeah, just totally on par, but I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. Today We are chatting about the 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice starring Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadyen and directed by Joe Wright. Um, It's obviously based on the book of the same name. Whoa, whoa. By Jane Austen. Here is a description of the movie that came out when the movie came out. Um, This tale of love and values unfolds in the class-conscious England of the late 18th century The five Bennett sisters, including strong-willed Elizabeth and young Lydia, have been raised by their mother with one purpose in life, finding a husband. When a wealthy bachelor takes up residence in a nearby mansion, the Bennets are abuzz. Amongst the man's sophisticated circle of friends, surely there will be no shortage shortage of suitors for the Bennett sisters. But when Elizabeth meets up with the handsome, and it would seem snobbish, Mr. Darcy, the battle of sexes is joined. Um, just in case you know, there's someone out there who's not aware of what Pride and Prejudice is about. There's that. <laughs> um, okay, mom, what what are your? I know we've talked about so people know that we like this one. What are your general thoughts on this adaptation? Well, first of all, this came out in 2005. That was 15 years yeah, ago. I know that I was blows my about mind cause, because
1: I mean that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I love this adaptation. Yeah, me too. Um. It's... Ellen and I were discussing it while we were watching
0: it, and... Um, well, because we should say, we watched the 1995 yes. adaptation, and then for shits and giggles, because it was Halloween, we watched the Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. It was literally on Halloween night, yes. so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we watched the 2005. So, a lot of... My comments are going to be kind of in comparison. To- and I know we're
1: not going to spend a lot of time. I mean, we're not going to talk about Pride Prejudice and Zombies, really. But I do want to point out that I love the proposal scene in that. Yeah. Where they start kicking each other's butt. They do
0: fun stuff with that one. I, I mean, it's a bit silly, but. It's- it is a bit silly.
1: But I do love that where um, Darcy and Elizabeth are, like, trying to kill each other while he's proposing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, back to the movie. General thoughts on 2005. Um, I really like it. I like um, the passion. Um, I told Ellen, I think it's a really good... Condensed. The, condensed. The way they consolidated the story, because, you know, it's not a six, seven hour miniseries. And... Yeah you know they have
0: everything that they should have they have, have all there. the
1: important points in there yeah. even though some of them they had to kind of consolidate and i think they did a really good job of consolidating it yeah. it's hard when you're so familiar with the story you almost need a like someone who's never seen anything about Pratt- to come in and tell you what they think but yeah
0: cuz i was wondering cuz there's so many things that are kind of just said in passing and um things that i no, so you know, I know that Mr. Bingley is worth five thousand dollars a year, yeah. and he just moved into the neighborhood, <laughs> and you know all these things, but they're just like very quickly
1: glossed over. well, there's even some lines that are said like in the background, yeah, you know when they're having something will be going on and then you can hear the sisters talking, you know, in another room or something. Yeah. And they'll say a line. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a line from the story. And yeah. um so there's a lot of lines that are even said that way just kind of in passing. And, uh, but I still think it's a just a great way of that they consolidated the story yeah. really well.
0: Um I, mom and I were saying, this one I think is much more passionate and very sweeping and romantic. And I think, I think it is more that than both probably the book and the and the 1995 adaptation. Um, I think that there are, and maybe it's just because they're jam-packed into two hours rather than five, but I think they are, I think there's more kind of like squealy moments where they just really, they ramp up the sexual tension and like the... You yeah know, alan
1: but... alan and i were talking and i said there's a lot of hand stuff in this movie yeah. and ellen's like yeah it's different than the hand stuff that we usually read about in our books. <laughs>
0: it's a different like, kind of hand stuff. yes yeah, different kind of hand stuff um and i just i adore the music in this i i remember when this movie came out i got the soundtrack and it was when i was in a freshman dorm in college and my i would go to bed every night listening like with earphones in listening to the soundtrack and my roommate would always say are you going off to Pride and Prejudice land I'm like yes I'm going off to my happy place <laughs> um, uh I think this one is a little bit more rustic they make the Bennett's which makes it a
1: little more accessible I think as yeah. us as viewers it seems a little more real
0: and it makes me wonder what is more which is more accurate to like people of their status of that time? Like, did they live more like the Bennett's of the 1995 adaptation or more like the Bennett's of the 2005 adaptation? Do you know what I mean? Because it's kind of two different Well, the thing I liked in this one
1: is, first of all, the dad is usually doing something. The one in the 1995 one, the dad just, it's like what, he just like would disassociate himself with the family and go lock himself in his, you know, library and never interact with them unless they came and sought him out. But, um... So I felt better with Donald Sutherland as, um, you know, it seemed like he was usually doing stuff and doing yeah. stuff around the house and helping out. And But um, it diff- definitely had a grittier feel, but in some ways I think that made it more fun and more, I don't know if it's more realistic, but I think it made it more entertaining. I
0: think, I think this one does a better job of showing Longbourn more as like a working estate yeah. than than the 1995 does. And I have to imagine it probably would have to have been a working estate, um, in order to have been generating any sort of revenue at the time. But, um, not that it's real, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Um, I was telling mom, basically watching the two back to back, um, the 1995 adaptation deals a lot more in kind of caricature everybody is bigger versions. Just over the top with of their personality. Yeah. Every, you know, like you think about Mrs. Bennett, Mr. Collins, Lady Catherine de Berg, um Everybody is just a bigger version of themselves. Now, I think that is slightly more authentic and uh, true to the book. I think that the book... I think that the 2005 adaptation kind of takes a lot of the satire that is inherent to the book out of their adaptation. Well, it makes it a little more... Um, it make, Everything about the 2005 is more palatable to the
1: general masses. I masses. That's what I was going to say. The 1995 version, so we're talking Colin Firth version, yeah. is a little more... Some of the characters are a little more off-putting mm-hmm. than they are in the 2005 version. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think it would... sell. Like, if someone just watched it green right now. Well, not that they would, but I think some of it might be a little more off-putting than some of the characters yeah. in the...
0: Um, now, there are, th- there are things that I like about that and things that I don't. I generally don't like not being true to the book, and there are a couple things I'm going to touch on in a bit. But, um... And... Most of my problems with this one are kind of losing some of that satire of the time and kind of her social commentary on, on the time. Jane Austen's is who I'm referring to there. And, um, but I think to keep with this obviously very dramatic and romantic tone that they're setting for the 2005 adaptation... I think that changes that they make and things like that um, to the characters and story points, I think, makes sense. Well,
1: <clears throat> I don't know that Jane Austen's book, the original book, it didn't have that romance. No. It wasn't steeped in romance like we like. And so yeah. I think, you know, in the movie, they were trying to bring in some more romance and make it more passionate, like yeah. we were saying. And I think that adds to us getting more engrossed in the romance of the story yeah um but you know just because of the way you know the time period in which she was writing she just didn't write that way
0: yeah um yeah okay let's what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of just touch or n- more than touch on um each of the characters that are kind of the, your main players in, in this and some of the key moments so let's first talk about elizabeth and Kira Knightley's portrayal of her and all that kind of stuff. And you can ref- and you can compare it to Jennifer Ells, you know, right. If you if you so choose.
1: I really like Kira Knightley's Elizabeth. I think she did a good job and I think she did a good job of making her more um spunky. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I mean don't ever think that I don't love the two 2000- thousand the nineteen ninety five version because yeah. I will always love that. Yeah. But um I think she she makes because they keep talking about how, what a spunky heroine she is, and you don't see it as much in with Jennifer L, but you definitely see it with Kira Knightley.
0: Yeah. Kira Knightley, how can I say this? Um there's something about this sounds mean about her face that bugs me. <laughs> um
1: i'm sure she feels the same about you yeah (laughs) Yeah,
0: i know but like her perma pout like has always kind of bugged me well and her big smile is a little yeah and um i don't know she just always looks like she's voguing to me or something she's not my most
1: favourite actress of all time yeah um who would do it better i don't know i don't know that either and
0: i'm not trying to but um you know, I, I appreciate, I, like you said, I, I kind of, I like the tomboyishness that she brings to the role. I like, um, yeah, she's spunky and that's very evident. And, you know, she doesn't back down from any fight that she's given. And I like that about her. I also like looks wise, like about her that, you know, you can recognize that she's pretty. But she's maybe, especially for the time, like slightly more unconventionally pretty, and so I I like about her that maybe she's not somebody that Darcy would immediately be like, okay, yeah. But um, she wasn't handsome,
1: handsome enough, handsome to enough, him. to
0: tempt him. But that, like, upon getting to know her, you know, uh, eyes and pert opinions and things like that, he <laughs> he starts to like her more. So I like those things about her and her portrayal as of Elizabeth um and yeah yeah that's basically what I have to say about her um what do we think of Matthew McFadden as the you know eponymous Mm -hmm. Mr. Darcy I'm always
1: gonna love Colin Firth I mean he's just got it going on especially back in the day and
0: um here's what okay whether it was Matthew McFadden's decision or joe wright's decision who's the director um they really lean into the mr darcy is shy thing um which i think is a part of his character but it's not ever what i've like thought of as being but they like and i was watching for it this time they really lean into that with with this one i think it's to make him more palatable Yeah.
1: I think him just being a dick is not very palatable. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. And, you know, you never forget your first. Colin Firth was my first. (laughs)
1: Well, I told Ellen, I said, once she has the showdown with Lady Catherine de Verga and her and her. It's like, okay, so this is what he was raised around. So no wonder he, you know, is kind of of acts that way. But um, I just love Colin Firth and his dark, curly hair. And you know, I'm just always going to love that. Yeah. But with that said, I, Matthew McFadden looked pretty dishy. Yeah. He, I, it's just never been like my favorite. Right. And he's not someone that I just swoon over all the time. Yeah. But you know, 15 years ago.
0: Yeah. He had it going on pretty good, but, but I, I, he's one of those where I see him and I'm like, okay, yeah. But like, Um, Colin Firth, I, like, even now as, you know, a graying old man, I'm like, Colin Firth, I just love you so much. (laughs) And that's because he's Mr. Darcy in my eyes. But I, I just, some of the, some of the choices with the shyness that I was talking to kind of just don't do much for me. That. And, um, I don't know. And, and that's just not Mr. Darcy in my mind like i think of him more as kind of a reserved and yeah shy but um also he's got this kind of haughtiness to him that he has to kind of pull back when she calls him out on it and um so i would i think of so yeah colin firth's is and maybe it is because he was my original og popped your mr darcy cherry yeah for yeah (laughs) basically, and so, like, he's just always gonna be it for me in terms of Mr. Darcy portrayals, but, um, but, yeah, but Matthew McFadden, I'm not, like, I know there's a lot of people that are, like, no on, on him, but, um, I like him fine, and I, I, there are, you know, there are things, I think he does really capture, and I think a lot of it is the direction and, choices that are written into the script and things like that but um he really does capture the like intense yearning and you know we're gonna talk about we have to talk about that hand flex yes. that is my well it makes time. it so because kind of
1: in the 1990 in the colin firth version it almost kind of comes out of the blue that you yeah. know his whole feelings for her because we haven't really seen any of that building you see more of it building in well like
0: you hear you You hear him talking to Caroline in the 1995 where he says, like, oh, yeah, I like her pert opinions and fine eyes and things like that. Um, But uh, this one, they don't tell you, they show you more. And I like that about it. So, like, I wrote down some when he kind of um, double takes on her at the first assembly when he first walks in and sees her um when he kind of when she walks into netherfield and he's standing behind her and no 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 when he walks into when she walks into netherfield when she's coming to see jane and he's sitting and then he like realizes like oh i'm supposed to stand and he perks up (laughs) and he perks up and um the hand flex and there's just a lot of like well there's the one scene
1: i don't know if you caught it but um when she comes to the ball at netherfield she's actually looking for wickham so she's looking around for wickham they show and he's behind her and you can kind of just barely—he's—he's hazy, he's hazy because, you know, it's yeah in the foreground, yeah. yeah, and um, but he's sitting watching her, yeah. looking around, so
0: yeah, um,
1: yeah, there's a lot that so there's a lot of the there's a lot more of those you in, see it building more in him that in this more recent one than you do in the nineteen and I photo. think
0: that's because it's a quick easy way to show that, and they needed to for this two-hour movie yeah. to show that quickly um but they are good man and you know i i, I love them and yeah i think that hand flex within the romance community yeah. is just iconic because that's like everything that romance readers love is just pent yeah, up he just Like got to
1: feel her hand we know <sighs> he felt that heat yeah that we taught that we hear about in every book we read <laughs> and then when and then though to bring it full circle when he's proposing to her at the very, very end, and then she picks up his hand and kisses his hand. It's like, yeah. oh,
0: that's what mom was referring to with the hand stuff. <laughs> so that's when I said, there's a lot of hand stuff in this one. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the portrayal of Bingley and Jane in this one as portrayed by Simon Woods and Rosamund Pike. I, so, I think this one is point 2005. I think that they better capture Bingley and Jane for me. I think that Rosamund Pike as Jane um, I think you get more of she's shy and that can be misinterpreted to be disinterested mm-hmm. um, and I also buy more that she is the beauty of the family because she is more you know where I was saying Kira Knightley is maybe more unconventionally pretty um, Rosamund Pike is conventionally pretty, and I think especially for that time, she's fair. And well, you and know. you know, for her to be a reported beauty, I mean,
1: she's yeah. you know, supposed to be like
0: the beauty of the county, of,
1: yeah. And and you see it really, yeah. I mean, the other Jane is pretty, yeah, but, but she is, but this Jane, I mean, but Rosamund Pike is just really beautiful, and yeah. and I, yeah, I think she did a really good job, yeah. Um, the Bingley. What, who played Bingley? What's his name? Simon Woods. Okay. Because I've seen him in other stuff. And, yeah. and he's. But I love how he's kind of goofier in this yeah. one. And it makes it more, it makes, it helps you to understand more that maybe Darcy was able to talk him into all of what he talked him into.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I mean, he's sweet. I mean, he's really a good guy, but he's just kind of goofier and, yeah. and it's charming.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: but it kind of helps you understand some of the stuff. And
0: he's he's a lot more like lovelorn in this yeah. one and obviously like love struck with Jane and that's very endearing and Well, sweet. And the whole scene and... where
1: he's practicing with Darcy how he's going to and that was in the book. Yeah. Um, you know, where he's practicing with Darcy what he's going to say to her and Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just I I think that I like this Jane and Bingley better personally. Um There's not a lot that I like more in this one, (laughs) but I, but I do, I like, I, I just like that they better capture, and with less time to do so, but better capture kind of the miscommunication misunderstandings between Bingley and Jane. So, um, let's talk about Mr. and Mrs. Bennett here portrayed by Donald Sutherland and Brenda Blevin.
1: Well, I don't know which is truer to the book. I'm sure that the 1995 version is truer to the book, yeah. But I found these two more palatable.
0: They're more palatable. They, um, they obviously create like more affection between the between the two of them. In the 1995 version, it's like, why the hell are these two married? Yeah. And this one, like, they have terms of endearment with each other and moments of affection between they each other. They show them talking in bed together. And- yeah. Um, I think that the book is kind of, um, slightly, it's slightly closer to the 1990s. I think that, I think the book kind of implies that theirs was a marriage of convenience and they don't, you know, there's not a lot of of love between the two of them. Over affection. Um, but, but I do think that there would be more affection than is in the 1995 version so i like that you get yeah why you know because they have lived together for <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i know there's a lot of people that live together for that long um, like each other but... i
1: already said i like the don silent character better because it just shows him interacting with his family more
0: i do miss like some of the jibes that mr bennett has both in the book and in the 1995 right, right. version
1: because they don't all make it into this version Yeah, and, and he has some good ones Um, uh, but the mother truly in the 95 version, the mother, her (laughs) screechy voice. And then especially when she's going through the Lydia stuff and it's just, you just want to shake her and say, you have such
0: screwed up priorities, my friend. (laughs) She's, she's one of the characters that is like such a caricature. Yeah. Um, and I do think that the 1995 version captures what the book is implying she's like. But I think that the 1995 adaptation, she's a much more extreme version of even the book. And so this one, yeah, like we've been saying, makes her much more palatable. Um, she still says atrocious things. Yeah, and, where you're like, oh, uh-huh. where just like eye roll moments where you're like, Well, Mom. when she's like... Oh, um,
1: What's her little friend who married Mr. Collins? Charlotte. Charlotte. She's like, too bad she isn't pretty. And it's just like, oh my gosh, who says that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah things like that. Um, but yeah. So I think that, I think, and because we're going to, we're about to talk about the sisters. Um, I think that this one really wanted to foster the idea that this is a really close knit, sweet little family Um, I think that there's a lot more affection between the sisters in this one, um, which I, I think is, I think that is slightly more true to the book, to be honest. And so I think if you have that kind of affection between the sisters, that it makes sense that that comes from probably the, um... The parents being slightly more affectionate than we see in the 1995 version. Right. So what do you think of Mary, Kitty, and Lydia as portrayed by Tallulah Riley, Carrie Mulligan, which was like her first role in a major scene. Well, it was like I saw it was her first like theatrical movie debut. And then Jenna Malone as uh, Lydia. What do you think of them? I think they did a good job. I'm going to say I think I like
1: Lydia better in in the, just because it, it made her more silly and wit. ridiculous. Yeah. In the 1995 version. Yeah. Um And I really like the actress.
0: Julia Swal- Swalala. I don't know how you Swalha say it. Swalha or something. I don't know how to say it.
1: <laughs> the chick who did Chicken Run. Yeah. She- <laughs>
0: absolutely fabulous.
1: Yeah. And, um, Laura to Canterford. Yeah. But, um, yeah. anyway, uh, I think that her per- I don't know about her portrayal or the direction or the way it was written or whatever, but they did a better job of showing how silly and frivolous and flirty and ridiculous she was in that older version. Because we just really don't see a lot of her in, in the newer one until she runs off with Wickham. So
0: I don't know which one I think is more true to the book, but I do like this, the 2005 portrayal of Mary. Because having her be, like, some stodgy old crone at 19 or whatever Mary's (laughs) supposed to be, I think... I think this portrayal feels a little bit more realistic to what a, you know, wizened 19-year-old would be like. Yeah. Um, You know, who just wants to play the piano and quote scripture and things like that um so i like this one you know they they have a lot less to do in this version than the 1995 version there's a lot of, but i do think that these girls give a good do a good job of making it clear straight away like who their characters well, are and their personalities yeah come through and um and uh yeah i agree i think with what you're saying about lydia um But, yeah, I think Jenna Malone does a serviceable job. Yeah, she does a good job. Um, And, like I said, with with the time that she was given. um, But, yeah, I think that I do like about this one that it's clear that these sisters love and enjoy each other and um, are sisters, you know, who squabble sometimes, as they do in this movie. But, um, and then I think that makes it... I think the 1995 version, like when, when Elizabeth gets sad because Lydia ran off with Wickham, it's chiefly because it's like, well, shoot, this is going to like totally (laughs) screw everything up for us other sisters. But in this 2005 version, it's like, shoot, my sister has run away with a scoundrel, Yeah, you know? And I do think I, I like that better personally.
1: Um, with that said... We have to mention because it cracks us up every time we watch it. But the scene in the 1995 version when Colin Firth comes in and she's just read the letters from Jane yeah. at, and they're still at Lampton, and um, he's like, "He truly,
0: oh, you look very, look terrible. I can't.
1: Let, what can I do for you? Because I can't stress enough how bad you look. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. I look bad. You don't need a harp on it, <laughs> but
0: it makes us laugh every time." Um, we can't talk about Lydia without talking about Mr. Wickham here, portrayed by Rupert Friend. Is that how? Friend? I don't know how you're supposed to say his name. I don't but. know how you say it. and I really don't care. But <laughs> he's a beautiful man. He is. Here's... Okay. Here's what I think this one does I, in comparison to the 1995. I think the 1995 does a better job of kind of making him charming and that's why elizabeth kind of falls for him hook lion sinker this one seems to imply like she falls for him hook lion sinker because he's hot which i you know
1: (laughs) i am not gonna fault her for
0: (laughs) i'm not either but and like i said you know they've got to speed through things so i think that's the quickest and easiest way to be like
1: well "Well, and he's less smarmy in the in this one than he was in the other one and i think that that almost makes it a little easier to understand that you know she was kind of Intimate him at first because he was just charming and, and yeah. extraordinarily handsome. Um, but then he was, you know, kind of a loser. So yeah.
0: they also, um, I think in this one, just because of time limitations, there's less time that we see Wickham and Elizabeth together. Yeah, which is which is a shame. Yeah. But so we don't see them together. And so it's kind of glossed over in this version that she even kind of really cared about Wickham mm-hmm. at all, do you know what I mean? And um, you know, would talk to Jane about, you know, maybe I'll have maybe marry him and Well and like, like in the other one
1: and in the book, it came up often, you know, oh yeah. I thought you had a thing for Mr. Wickham. Yeah. And um so it doesn't ever come up again, yeah. really ever.
0: So Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Mr. Collins here, portrayed by Tom Hollander. What? <sighs>
1: Well, like you said, the one in the one in the 1995 version is very much a caricature. I mean, he's yeah. extremely silly and ridiculous. Honestly,
0: I was telling mom, I think my favorite Mr. Collins <laughs> and I don't know if it's just cuz I I like him, but I like Matt Smith's Mr. Collins yeah. in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies um just because I think he kind of gets the he's kind of halfway between the two. Right. You know, he's He's very silly, and, like, you would be embarrassed to dance with him and things like that. Um, And he says ridiculously offensive things without realizing he's doing so. Um, It's also funny, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, he's
1: dating Lily Jane. Yeah, at the time. That's, like, where they
0: (laughs) met and fell in love and stuff, so it's
1: just kind of funny. Which makes, you know, makes it even more enjoyable. But um, I also like Matt Smith. But yeah. of these two, yeah, um, because Tom Hollander is still like he's still a little cringy. Yeah, he's less in cringy. A
0: much in like he's a very subdued Mr. Collins. Um, and he, but he is kind. He's actually kind of like a sweeter portrayal of Mr. Collins. Just like when they're like, "These are some excellent boiled potatoes. It's the <laughs> finest vegetable I've ever eaten." He's He's far less offensive. He says right. a lot less offensive things. Um, you know, like when when Lydia goes off and they're like the death of your sister would be better a bl- would yeah. be better than this. Um, and you know, just stuff like that. Um, but I I like I like this one, but it's not anything that, right. that wows me, but
1: well, it makes it a little more palatable for the fact that Charlotte Lucas married him. Yes, that's true.
0: <laughs> um, which leads us nicely into Charlotte Lu- Lucas portrayed here by Claudia Blakely. Um, now, this Charlotte is maybe my biggest gripe of of this movie. I like I like her portrayal of her. I like I think she does a great job. Um, I like that. This one, I think, does a better job of showing why Charlotte and Elizabeth hang out and are friends. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it shows them having fun and giggling and laughing and telling jokes together and things like that. And it gives her, it gives Charlotte more of a personality. But I think Charlotte Lucas's job in the book is to show that there were just women at the time, who just didn't care who they married. And it was solely like, is this guy going to set me up in a house where I can be comfortable and, you know, live nice, a nice life for the rest of my life? Um, And in this one, I, I do not like the scene. And I actually was reading today that Emma Thompson was brought in for rewrites of the script and this is like one of the scenes that she rewrote so it's emma thompson's fault but i do not like the scene where charlotte is like don't judge me you know i'm it's don't judge me this is my only choice i'm 27 i'm running out of options which i think i think that is true to charlotte but i like in the 1995 and in the book where charlotte's just like I'm not romantic. I don't care. This this works for me.
1: Yeah. Well, and my, one of my favorite, because we quote it all the time, but when uh, Elizabeth comes to visit her, this is in the 1995, it doesn't show up in in the 2005 version, but when she's showing her around the house and she's explaining that she encourages her husband to work in the garden and to do this, she says, it's. You know, I can go, like, a whole day without even talking to him. And I'm like, I get that, girlfriend. (laughs) Honey, go fishing. Yeah, fine. You're fine. Go fishing. Yeah, stay out as long as you want.
0: (laughs) I must admit, I encourage him in his fishing. (laughs) So, um,
1: because I'm the same way. Because then, you know, Ellen and I can play and do what we want.
0: Yeah. And I think that's just an element of the satire that is inherent to the book that they kind of fudge for me in the 2005 version. But... I mean, if you're gonna fudge any character, I guess Charlotte is fine. And again, <laughs> it's another example of trying to make it more palatable to a modern audience, right. And things like that. But I like that for that time, there's someone that's just like, I don't care. He's mm-hmm, got okay. money. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he's got Ka- Lady Catherine de
0: Bourgh yeah. here as his, you know. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: Hey, speaking of. Lady Catherine de Bourgh, mm. here, played by Judy Dench, the incomparable Dame, Dame, Dame Judy, Judy Dench. Dench. Um, I read that Joe Wright sent her a letter trying to convince her to do this role, and he said, I just like it when you play a bitch. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot less Lady Catherine de Bourgh here, and so that's why you get someone like Judy Dench to make it a memorable to part. To punch it. Yeah. Um, I... Again, a much more subdued version than the 1995, I think. But she still gets those, those jabs in, and she's still a bitch. And Judy Dench is... is amazing at pretty much anything she does. Yeah. Um. And I, she, I think she d- does. I think she seems much more, um, probably accurate for the time where she's very high and mighty, and and holds herself very high and mighty, and looks down at. Elizabeth and things like that and it's just like oh you hold your opinions very decidedly you know and (laughs) things like that and um so yeah I think I might possibly give point 2005 for this one I mean the other one's good too though I mean it just it's like I said they're all caricatures in 1995 and so they're fun um and it's it's hard but um so it just kind of depends what your flavor is. And I should say, I really like this one for when I'm just like, I want, I want a very sweeping Pride and Prejudice or I want a two hour Pride and Prejudice <laughs> not as opposed to a five hour five Pride, hour Pride and, Prejudice. and Prejudice. Um, and then finally, Catherine Bingley, um, anything to say? She's very, she's not, so in the book and in the 1995, you have Catherine Bingley and Mrs. Hurst and Mr. Hurst. Um, who are both Bingley's sisters. In this one, the Hursts aren't there. It's just Catherine. Catherine. Um,
1: the one thing that I really liked about this one is Bingley and his sister really looked like they could be brother and sister. Yeah. I mean, the coloring and everything was very similar, and they really looked like they could be brother and sister. Um, she was, they're, you know, they're both kind of bitchy. She's, and she,
0: she's a, I think she's a lot more like, I don't know, mean girly in this one. Yeah. And, Uh, I don't know. She's pretty nasty. She's pretty, yeah. Um,
1: But. Well, the thing I hate in the first one, in the 1995 version, is she's going on and on about how, you know, these women just aren't pretty and she. She is really not pretty, and I'm like. Well,
0: I think because I've seen her, I've seen Anna Chancellor's who plays her in the 1985. I've seen I've her, seen in her in other, other things, things and too. she looks. She's a a nice looking lady. It's just I think they kind of have her looking very severe and yeah. very kind of yeah. Because I intentionally. I mean, she was an MI5. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she doesn't have as much to do in yeah. in this one, the 2005 version, but. I think she's fine i i like again they do a good job of very like succinctly getting points across um there's the moment where after the netherfield ball she's standing with miss charles bingley while he's watching jane drive away and he's looking all you know love love dog love puppy dog and um and she's like, Really, Charles? And she just, this and then she is, walks. This is it for you. This <laughs> yeah. is the best you can do. And she just walks away, and I, I like that moment. Um, okay. Moments. The first assembly, um, where they first, you know, she's tolerable, I, I suppose, mm-hmm. but not handsome enough to tempt me. Um, I. I like the ruckusness of the ball, that they, they make it seem much more like a country dance. I think it's bigger than it's supposed to be in the book. Um, but I, I like the... Again, the kind of... M- before
1: the, the militia is there, the military yeah. is there. And it's... They only have 24 families. Yeah. That's, yeah, we, that's what I mean.
0: I'm like, that looks like As more than... As we know, it's, been, it's mentioned multiple times. It looks like more than 5 and 20 families. Um. Uh, but it's, it's in keeping with kind of the more rustic vibe that this one I think goes with. I like them kind of overhearing it from underneath the bleachers. I yeah. Think, visually. that I should say too, I think the cinematography on this one, like you really can't. It's off the charts. Yeah. You can't beat it in terms of especially Pride and Prejudice adaptations. I think that is point 2005 as well because, um, I think it's just. It's so it's such a beautiful movie to to look at. Yes. which Joe Wright is usually but he's usually good with that. Um the Netherfield ball. Do we have any notes on this this portrayal of the Netherfield ball? The Netherfield ball. Um We were saying we like when they're doing the dance and she's dancing with Mr. Collins and she's having a conversation with Mr. Collins.
1: <laughs> and, while Jane, and Jane when Jane would
0: pa- pass. So as you know, their silly dances where they like walk down the line and things like that. She's kind of switching between these two conversations. And that was kind of funny. Um, and then I think that the passion between Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth is much more on, on fire in, in this portrayal. Um, the first proposal, which here takes place in the rain. In the rain. Um, well,
1: they aren't literally in the rain, but it is raining. Yes. And they've they, been in the rain. They've been so in they're, the rain. Wet, they're both wet and
0: tousled and. <sighs> Again, I think it's more passionate. I mean, they're yelling at each other. And, and they're close talking. Yeah, you know, And they're where, close talking. And there's a moment where he just kind of like pauses and like and looks just, at her lips like, am I supposed to kiss her right now? Because I, I want to kiss her. I want right to kiss her. Now. But she just told me she wouldn't. I'm the last man
1: she'd want to marry.
0: <laughs> and that, for some reason, makes me want to kiss you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty. It's And there's some good memes that have come out of it. So, uh, you know. Oh, it's
1: all about the memes. There's, there's that. As long as good memes came out of it. Yeah,
0: it's important. Um, the Pemberley scene here, um, I like when she first drives at Pemberley and she just stands up from the carriage and just looks at it and just laughs. Like, <laughs> She's just like, oh,
1: of course it looks like this.
0: <laughs> of course it's gorgeous. And Pemberley is Chatsworth, which mom and I have been to. Which is funny
1: because in the 1995 version, they mention Chatsworth and Blenheim. Yeah. Which are multiple times, that which we've is two to. houses that we went to when we were in England. However, the, the funny thing <laughs> that we were pointing out is when she sees the bust, of um yeah. of Mr. Darcy yeah. in with the statues, and that is that statue room is actually at Chatsworth, and they yeah. have
0: those statues, and there. they have that bust there, this, this
1: sitting there. But it was made for this movie, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they don't just have a bust of Matthew McFadyen sitting there.
0: But <laughs> um, that's why he was cast, is because he looks a lot, looks like exactly this bus. like this bust that we have sitting in our house. Um,
1: <laughs> But in the gift shop, you could buy little busts. <laughs> yeah, of of that, <laughs> of that. And I was like, that Ele- Eleanor, we're like, that must be weird for Matthew McFadden to have these little
0: little busts, busts of him himself everywhere. being sold in a gift shop. <laughs> um, no lake scene here. No Which lake scene. we were laughing at, at pride prejudice and zombies because it has a lake scene and i was telling mom i'm like i just think it's funny that now that's become a thing pride and it's and prejudice, not even in the book it's you know. like not even remotely in the book pride and prejudice just has to have a lake scene <laughs> it jumps in the water becomes so iconic um okay the lydia and wickham stuff is pretty glossed over here i do this is another thing that i heard was emma thompson's idea in the rewrites but i do like when she's reading the letter and she, like, comes in and she's crying. And then she has to leave again. And then she comes, comes back, back in, in, in. and is, and retells them what happened. Um, it's The Lydia and Wickham stuff is very glossed over here. Uh, very quickly sped through. Which is fine because that's always my least favorite part. <laughs> Ellen doesn't like that episode of, the, of <laughs> was, the miniseries. Well, especially if I'm watching and I'm trying to just kind of, like, power through the five-hour version. I'm like, we can skip over the Lydia and Wickham stuff. Let's get stuff. to more
1: Colin Firth. Yeah.
0: He's just not in that episode enough um anyway uh the stuff where they kind of start to clear the air so bingley and jane and lady catherine coming to visit any thoughts there i love the bingley proposal in this in this version yes i love that we get to see it it's not in the 1995 and i
1: love that he's explained to her about how everything went down and how it was just this big misunderstanding and and you know she's so she's told that. So she's not just, "Yes, I love you and I'll marry you," yeah. without you know clearing the air on all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So because I've been an unmitigated ass, and yes. I'm like,
0: oh, "Oh, you have." Let's let's he's get a married. Swear word. <laughs>
1: um. But then I and like I said, I do love the part where he's practicing proposing to her yeah. with and, Darcy, and Darcy's
0: like Bingley,
1: <laughs> Mister Bingley. Mr. Bingley. <laughs> um. No, I think I really like the way this one is done. Yeah.
0: And I like that he comes in and his, Mr. Bingley comes in and is super awkward and then like they leave and they practice the proposal and then he comes in and is just like, looks like he's walking to his, <laughs> you know, execution or something and walks in and is super awkward. Um, I love that whole scene too, where the, where the girls are all gonna say lolling that. about and then they see the guys coming and they're like, oh crap,
1: and <laughs> everybody hurry <laughs> and clean up. And, and then when the guys
0: walk in, they're all sitting there pristine. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That's a good scene. Um... And then the final proposal, which here takes place on a foggy, damp moor, or, you know, whatever, um, <laughs> field. Uh, yeah. Um, I, well, it's definitely
1: more passionate than, yes. than the original one. Yeah. But we keep saying that. However, the lack of passion in the 1995 version is part of its charm. Yeah. In that, you know, for example, he never smiles. Through the whole movie, you have to, he never smiles through the whole movie, Colin Firth I'm talking about. I mean, just, we get glimmers of a grin now and then. Yeah. But he doesn't smile at all till the very, very end when they're getting, after they're married and they're getting in the carriage. Um, and part of that is the charm of the movie. So, you know, I hate to just dog on the 1995 version because we absolutely love it. But, um... I do love the passion. I love that she is so, you know, like she grabs his hand and kisses it. And yeah. it's, you know, so she's in, invested in this as much as he is. It's not just him, yeah. you know, spilling his guts to her.
0: Agreed. Um, I I think when I, when I, I remember when I first saw the movie, I was like, this is all wrong. This is not how it goes. And this is way too, I thought it was a little too passionate and sweeping and etc um i think it's fine now it's it is what it is and um i it's not like i detest that scene it's just that i was you know i do I, love in the 1995
1: version because i love her line of oh
0: my
1: you know my feelings are now are so different they're the opposite they're, of what they were yeah. in april and we never get that line and in, in there's week.
0: a lot okay here's my here's my thing with both adaptations. I, there is a scene in the book that takes place after they get in, after she accepts his second proposal, where they kind of talk about, well, how long have you been in love with me? And it's this kind of really flirty, cute conversation and no adaptation like has ever done it. And I wish that they would, um, because that's, it's got some of my favorite lines in the whole book are in that conversation. Cause when he talks about like... They kind of actually put it in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, but um, I was in the middle before I even, you know, realized I was in it. it. Yeah. And um, there's just a lot of stuff in that conversation that I really like that I wish we could get in one of these adaptations. Um, But with that, I guess, let's talk about the Mrs. Darcy scene. I have a funny story which I I'm pretty sure I've shared on this podcast before but if we're talking about this I have to talk about this. Um so the 2005 version came out um I went to a school where they were showing they were going to show it on campus before it came out on on DVD. So it it was kind of it was like when they show things at the Dollar Theater, where it's, or the cheap theaters, where it's been out for a long time. And so it's out of theaters, but it's before it comes out on DVD. And so it's this theater on campus. It's chock full of girls, like gr- groups of girls that are all going to see Pride and Prejudice it's together. All gaga over and this it's movie. And it's a lot of Jane Austen fans, obviously, and things like that. And, um,. It's and it's a lot of people who have seen it, you know, who have, who saw it in theaters when it first came out, and so we're all sitting there watching. And I knew that they ha- they were showing a, the UK version because somebody got the UK DVD because it came out before, before it came out it, on DVD here before it came out here. And so they're showing the UK version. The UK version ends on her telling her talking to her dad. And telling her dad that she loves him and that they want to get married. And so, and then it ends and it cuts to the credits and the anger that (laughs) swelled from this crowd because there's obviously all these girls who were like, what about the scene where the Mrs. Darcy scene? It was just hilarious. I mean, I was also pissed because I wanted to see that scene. Um, And I had told my friend like, oh, and there's this... Thing at the end and it's pretty swoony and she hadn't seen it and so I, and so my friend was like why is everybody so angry right now and i said because they cut the mrs darcy scene and just the the fangirl fervor that was taking place was was pretty funny um that scene not authentic to the book but as a fan of pride and prejudice you also can't help but kind of like swoon over that Let sense. me
1: ask this, because I can't remember. It's been a while since I read the book.
0: Is his name Fitzwilliam
1: Darcy? It is. Okay. So his first name is Fitzwilliam. Yes. Okay. Because his cousin's name...
0: It's his mom's maiden name, I believe, okay. is Fitzwilliam. Okay. And so that's his first name. Because I wasn't sure if... Okay. I wasn't sure how all the names were working, because I could see yeah. it. Yeah. Fitzwilliam Darcy. Okay. Um. Yeah. So... Any thoughts on the Mrs. Darcy scene? Um, I think it's charming. It's nice, especially because they cut out that conversation that I like, the flirty con conversation, just to have somewhat of a, like, epilogue.
1: Well, and somewhat of a, okay, now we get to actually see them together and enjoying each other's company. Yeah. Because they've kind of been snarly with each other through most of everything. Yeah. And so it's kind of nice to see them just enjoying each other. Yeah. In a
0: um marital fashion yeah because it looks like they're probably married by that point
1: I'm assuming they are
0: they're hanging out
1: at his house at his house and his shirt was untucked <laughs> and he was kissing her all over the place Scandalous.
0: <laughs> um okay let's hear you've heard us talking about it a lot now let's hear from some of you on what you think of this version cassie says the 1995 adaptation will always hold a special place in my heart because it started my love of Classic romance slash literature when I first saw it at 11 years old. Cassie, we're probably about the same age, because that's also when I... uh, She says, not to mention, it introduced me to Colin Firth. Yes. But the 2005 adaptation is breathtaking. The cinematography itself is romantic. The whole film is visually stunning. And the hand flex. Both are comfort movies for me, and I rewatch them frequently. Cassie, that's like me to a T. You and me are on basically the same page. Um... Natalie says, I've watched this movie over 10 times since it dropped on Netflix this summer. It's a great one to put on before bed. I can see that. Uh, There are a lot of opinions on varying adaptations, but can't we just enjoy the fact that we have been hashtag blessed with so many? Yes. Yes. I can always do with more, too. (laughs) Um, She said, I do love this one. Is it perfect? Probably not. But the score, the set design, the cinematography, the hand flex. (laughs) Plus, I don't think there are many other movie moments as swoony as when... Darcy walks across that misty field at dawn coat billowing behind him music swelling sigh yeah yeah it's the music you guys the oh. hand stuff i love the hand <laughs> stuff we're just going to keep saying that <laughs> um aaron says i love this movie i own it on dvd have it saved in my netflix list and if i ever come across it on tv i have to watch it the hand clench yes the (laughs) rain scene yes the long walk against the sunrise mist-filled field yes i will gladly concede anyone colin firth and will take matthew McFadden's mr darcy kissing speech all day every day so there you go yeah um, Amy says, I'm probably the only one here who doesn't find McFadyen's Darcy attractive or swoony at all. I do, however, think the 2005 version has the superior Bingley. Um, McFadyen does less for me, but I, I will admit that he is at times swoony and attractive. Um, I'm not like, he's not someone that I see and I'm like, yes, please. Um, no. but I... But he is attractive at certain points in this movie, and I don't know if that's just because he's playing Mister Darcy, who will always be like a Sweeney character. But well, if
1: you want to see more of him, my favorites, MI five, if if you and Ripper Street and Ripper Street are my two favorites of his. And
0: he's in which is is he in Little Dorrit? It's Little Dorrit. Yes, right? he is in Little Dorrit. And I really like Little that, Dorrit. That's a really good one. And he's he's cute in that. Like yeah. his character is yeah. sweet. He's an idiot at times, but he's sweet. <laughs> um. Paige says, warning, lengthy post, uh, this movie is a major comfort watch and listen for me. Love the soundtrack. You guys, yes, the soundtrack is so good. I will... Okay, I'm going to interrupt Paige here for a second. We... When we went to England, I went and <laughs> hiked the rocks that she is hikes on in the Peak District. And... um." And I played the music when I was standing up there, and I was just living my, like, Pride and Prejudice fantasy. And it was
1: crazy windy, just like it was in the movie. It was
0: crazy windy. (laughs) And I took a video of... It's like a Snapchat video. Um, Maybe I'll post it on the Facebook group. I think I've posted it there before, but... um. (laughs) But I took this video because the wind was intense and it's blowing my hair every which way. And I said, who does it better, me or Kira Knightley? <laughs> and I make this really cute face. And um, anyway. But Plus it was after a sweaty hike. So it was, it was, yeah. I had hiked up there and did not have a makeup and hair department that was keeping me what? fresh and on point. I thought that you always had that. Yeah. Um, but it really was a gorgeous hike and it's beautiful in that area. It's It was pretty up there. Yeah. Even Um, though I didn't do the hike. Yeah, Mom did not do it. Ellen
1: killed me in in England.
0: (laughs) I did. I made Mom walk everywhere, so the last (laughs) thing I was going to be able to get her to do was hike. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Paige. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um, She said, I especially enjoy the direction and cinematography of this one. Some of my favorite moments in order of appearance. Uh, Darcy's slight double take when he sees Elizabeth for the first time. The stretch of the hand after he helps Elizabeth into the carriage. The dance. Uh... the dance she capitalizes the um elizabeth's refusal you can tell with a slight look on her face that she has regrets uh the conversations after getting caught at pemberley yes the meadow scene darcy's walk equals swoon yes oh my the ending when he calls her mrs darcy because he is completely and perfectly in love yes. yes yes all of those things Paige. I think we discussed all of them already, but yes, <laughs> they're all good. They all, you know, deserve bringing up again. Um, let's. I'm curious how many times the hand clench has come up in this episode. Well, the hand clench is like
1: iconic because it shows up yes. in all of our Facebook groups yeah. in all our romance Facebook. All groups the Twitter that we're
0: on. Fe- feeds. Yeah, it's hilarious um shannon says my thoughts are lengthy sorry no problem the cinematography in the 2005 version is just breathtaking i get lost in the countryside and want to join lizzie walking among the cliffs in my heart of hearts colin firth will be my one and true mr darcy however i found that there is much more passion in the portrayal of mcvallion's darcy oh, wow. I, yeah
1: that's exactly what we said yeah
0: you. i that... haven't read any of these by the way so it's not like i there you go That rain scene is so angsty and wonderful. I wish there was just as much passion in the end of the movie. I guess it is the way of historical romance movies, but I want Darcy to come to Lizzie and ask her one last time, and for her to just gush that she loves him too, then for him to sweep her up and crush her mouth in pent-up passion. That's how it should end, in my opinion. Yeah, we are. We are romance readers through and through Um, Raquel says, I have a confession to make. For many, many years, I have disliked this Pride and Prejudice version, probably because I am not very fond of Keira Knightley in general. I can get that. I rewatched this last night and I was pleasantly surprised to discover that I actually liked the whole movie. My mind still compares almost every single detail to the 1995 version and Colin Firth will forever be the best Mr. Darcy in my heart. But this is a great film, and Matthew McFadyen is a decent Darcy, maybe too sweet and not snooty enough for my taste. Yes. Anyways, I guess you could say I overcame my pride and prejudice towards this movie version. Winky face. Uh, I see what you did there. (laughs) On a walk down memory lane, I got my 1995 Pride and Prejudice DVD box set out of pure luck during a trip to the US back in 2006. My stepmother didn't understand why I was so adamant about finding a DVD. Yep. It's a truth universally acknowledged that many people just don't get one's love for Jane Austen. Uh, Raquel, I have a story that's actually comparable to that because when the 2007 adaptations of like, there was a bunch that came out, um, in the UK that year, it was Sense Sensibility, Northanger Abbey, which... Freaking love that Northanger Abbey. That Northanger Abbey is actually the same screenwriter as the 1995 Pride and Prejudice. And they are very similar, kind of in their oomph of the satirical qualities of Jane Austen's writing. But it was um, those two and Persuasion. Those three came out. And they were not coming out in the US. And it was killing me. And they were out in the UK. So my friends made fun of me and gave me grief to no end because i ordered them from the uk and i had to order a region one dvd player as well (laughs) to watch or not or region two i think is what the uk is um i had to get a specific dvd player just to watch these (laughs) three dvds that i had well you
1: you deserve to be made fun of because that's I don't know what you're trying to do. Especially now since you know
0: you can get them all anywhere at any time in any version. Mom, it's not the same. <laughs> um I and I did not want to wait. I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a patient person. Really? <laughs> Catherine says, um, and we should say, Catherine, this was her first time Ooh, watching this. A
1: virgin yes. to,
0: to this movie, to any of the movies, or just this I movie? I think both. I think she hasn't seen both. And maybe I'm I know she mentioned, but I can't remember. Catherine says, I feel like I'll always be in the know now when people make comments like that hand flex. Yeah. I think it's interesting watching versus reading. You're able to always keep track of the number of sisters and remember how pretty Jane is. The visual of the horses is different than vaguely knowing they're around when you read. Mr. Bingley is so well cast. He's so earnest. Did they add scenes that aren't in the book? There are a few things that feel familiar, unfamiliar. Um, I think the Mrs. Darcy one is the only one that they add there are some that are kind of reworked i think but um i think that's the only one that they add here in the and don't hold me to that because i've only read the book once and it was a long time ago and i've read the book like 13 times um and that's not an exaggeration but it has been a while it's been it's been a longer stretch than usual but i've seen the movie
1: so many times that it's hard for me to separate the two
0: (laughs) yeah uh, and then finally, Sarah says, I love both versions for different reasons. Length being one of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's great to put on the 2005 version in the evening if I need a Pride and Prejudice fix. The 1995 version is for a lazy Sunday when I can drink pots of tea and snack on baked goods. Yeah, that's basic. Yeah. My thing makes too- me want to do that. Is that um, when I watch the 1995 version, I inevitably want to watch the 2005 version because of things like the hand flex and the misty field and the Mrs. Darcy. And 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 the passion. Yeah. It's um, because there are just so many things that are, there's little nuances that are lacking in the 1995 version that anytime I watch it, I'm like, well, now I want to watch those moments that are in the 2005 version. So... We usually do that. We while, usually
1: watch all of the first one, all of the yeah. 95 one, and then we have to pop in the the 2005. So
0: while I think the 1995 will always kind of be, like, my Pride and Prejudice to assert, it's kind of, it holds a special place in my heart, I do really love the, a lot of things about the 2005. Um, and so, and I agree. Like, when Mom and I were going to England, um... I, I mean, I kind of wanted to visit more of the sites from the 2005 one just because it made them seem so beautiful and gorgeous and, you know, that's why I wanted to climb those rocks that she climbs in, in it and we wanted to go to Chatsworth and um, and things like that. So, yeah, the cinematography and music, I think, cannot be beat in this one. Yes. To all of that. To all of that. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Thanks for doing this rewatch with us. Um, we we had fun just doing nothing but. Watching. Before we close, I think we
1: should mention that on the day that this comes out, so is the trailer for Bridgerton.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! <laughs> yeah, we saw that like they just announced today that the the Bridgerton trailer is coming out on Monday, and so I'm like. Cannot wait. I'm probably going to wake up at like six in the morning and see if it's. Sure hosting. you will. I will. <laughs> Watch me. Uh, <laughs> the other thing. Oh, I also want to mention this too. Um, I Cause I want to start mentioning this. We're doing the free for all episode at the end of this month, at the end of November. So start thinking about what book you want to read. We had a lot of fun last time and I think the episode turned out great with the audio recordings. So, um, keep that in mind. Uh, we're going to, uh, ask that you keep them to about under five minutes, um, just because we had a lot more than we were expecting last time. And so we want to, you know, keep them, keep them a little bit concise. Um, cause we want to be sure there's time for everyone yeah, to get in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think I loved that episode last time and I know a lot of you did too. So we're excited to get more of those from you again. So just kind of be thinking of that and keep that in the back of your mind that that is coming up. Um, So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, our subreddit Not Your Mom's subreddit, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com So if you want to read along with us, email us with your thoughts, or if you would like just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On November 5th, our 9th, we will be chatting about You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. Um Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we honestly just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. Do you want to mention that we just posted the poll? Oh, yes. The poll for the winter list is up. So go vote on that. Make your voice heard on that. And also this week we will be posting the contest to be on an episode in the next cycle. So keep a lookout for those and we'll see you next time. Bye mom. Bye. Not your mom's romance book club is part of the frolic podcast network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.